Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. We are Beth and Katie, founders of Pre-PA Clinic, and we are so happy you are here. If you are a pre-PA, then you are in the right place, and we are so excited to help you get accepted to PA school. So if you haven't heard, we are doing VIP days where we walk with you through every step of putting together your CASPA application in one day, so you can have a complete, ready-to-submit PA school application in one day. We don't want you to miss any more deadlines. So even if you haven't started your personal statement or created your list of PA schools you plan to apply to, we take you through every step during your VIP day so you can have a strong, ready-to-submit application in one day. Really, how amazing would it feel to press the submit button and know your app is done? We can't wait to do this with you and get your app submitted so you can land interviews. If you're ready to do this, email us at theprepaclinic at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at pre-PA clinic. We only have limited spots because this is such a private personalized experience. So don't let this opportunity or this cycle pass you by. We can't wait to see you on your VIP day and create your most competitive application ready to submit in one day. Let's do this. Email us or DM us in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. Today, I am joined by an amazing PA, Mel, who is going to tell us all about what it is like to live and work as an American PA overseas. So please join me in welcoming Mel to our podcast today. Hello, Mel. So to get things started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? I'm Melody Wright. I'm a physician assistant with the United States Army, and I'm currently living in Germany and practicing on a military base. Um, I've graduated from the inter-service physician assistant program in San Antonio, Texas through the University of Nebraska in 2018. And then I was stationed in North Carolina where I practiced essentially primary care for active duty soldiers uh, for about four years. And then I landed my dream job and got stationed here in Germany and I love it. So uh, where exactly in Germany are you? I'm actually located outside of Vilsack, beautiful Bavarian Germany, where the beer is flowing and there's multiple pretzels a day, and yeah, it's really good. So can you tell us a little bit about, I know that the military PA school down in Texas is for military PAs. Can you tell us a little bit about specifically who can go there, how to get in, and just kind of what is a little bit different about the military PA training? The military PA training, obviously we start our phase one in San Antonio, Texas, uh, to apply, at least uh, I can speak from the Army side, from my other uh, brothers and sisters in, in the Navy and the Air Force, they have their own requirements. But when I applied a few years ago, I had to have minimum three years of service in the military, so you had to be in the Army. Most of my classmates were already medics. Unfortunately for me, I was the, the weird one to where I was, a, I was an officer already and I was in signal corps. So I, you know, messed with computers and, and stuff like that. So you have to have a bunch of prerequisites to include A&P and biochem and, and some other prereqs, which every year seemed to change. So when I applied, it was, I like to say, a little easier than it is now. It's a very competitive program. We've been ranked number 10 and 11 for the last many years. And the program shows, it outputs a lot of good medics and, and military trained personnel to become PAs. And essentially when we graduate, they just kind of throw us into the, to the thick of it. And, and we start practicing medicine and trauma and, you know, deployments and overseas stuff. So it's, yeah, it's a really good program. 
So then from there, you went to North Carolina and you worked in primary care for active duty soldiers. Is that correct? Yes. So my first assignment there, I was assigned to about 800 active duty soldiers in my first unit. And I was a PA with only three or four medics. I worked with anywhere from the brand new private that joins the army all the way to the division commander, who's a two or three star general has been in for like 30 years. So I've had a plethora of different types of patients, usually healthy, hey, my knee hurts from running too much or, you know, I have a bum back or something like this. It's it's not easy medicine, but it's easier medicine, I'd like to say, because our population usually is more healthy than the average person, not hating on the average person. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, that makes sense because they do have to pass yeah. military physicals. And, you know, yeah. typically there are a lot of, I would think, younger people in the military as well. Yes. And so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then you ended up wanting to go overseas. And I know you said it was kind of your dream. So what made you want to become a PA in the military and then go overseas with that? So when I started this whole journey, I actually was applying to medical school and I was applying to the military medical school who has its own requirements. And unfortunately at the time when I was applying, I didn't fit all the requirements. Ironically enough, there was a recruiter that was coming around where I was stationed at the time and was advocating for all this medical stuff that was going on in the military. And he was a PA and I had no idea what a PA even was. I knew that we had one in my unit and you'd go see him when your knee hurts or something. And that's about all I knew about it. So, you know, I went there to listen to apply to medical school. And one thing that stuck with me was he said that he wakes up every morning and loves his job. He loves the flexibility of being a PA. I mean, right now, well, at the time he was a recruiter for profession so he was traveling everywhere he wasn't doing much of like clinic stuff but he you know I don't know something about that just like it stuck and I was like okay this sounds like what I need to do with my life so that year I applied I actually remember mailing my packet the day my husband well now husband had ACL surgery <laughs> picked him up from the hospital drove to the post office dropped off my packet we drove home and then I was accepted that year on my wedding day. So it was an exciting day to find out. Wow, that is an exciting day to find out. It's like the yeah. best day of your life, right? Best day of my life and it got even better. So. <laughs> Oh, I absolutely love that. So you have some unique experience. You've not only worked in the States for a while, but then you went overseas and, and worked. So what are some major differences you've seen working as a PA overseas? Um, so where I'm located at, we don't have an emergency room. We don't have an urgent care. We have a bunch of PAs and docs that work together as the unit providers. And we essentially do manage like clinic. We will do some minor urgent care, but usually for things like that or specialty care, surgery, dermatology, stuff like that, that's all sent off post because our closest hospital is about four and a half hours away. So launch tool. Our, our medical or military medical hospital. So most of our patients go to what we call host nation. So we're dealing with the Germans and how they practice medicine, which from your previous podcast that I listened to, they practice medicine a lot differently than, than we're all used to. It's a learning curve. I mean, yes, I'm still practicing American medicine, you know, and I'm taught as a, an American PA, but trying to not only figure out how they practice medicine, but all of the results that we get from like radiology reports to pathology reports are all in German. Thankfully, our clinic has hired some German liaisons and their entire job is to translate everything for us, which is a big help because 
some of those German words, I, oh man, I don't even know how you pronounce them. Yeah, I would imagine even if you do know some German, like medical German, medical jargon yeah. is like a whole nother form. It's a whole nother, you have to be like specialized in medical like language and German to be able to even get hired for one of these jobs. So of course, like all of us have like our Google Translate can only do so much. <laughs> That's so true. So I want to talk a little bit about the resources. I know you said the nearest hospital, American hospital is far away. So a lot of people have to go off post to do some things. So what sort of resources do you have in clinic? Can you do radiology? What kind of procedures can you actually do? Because I would imagine it's hard to decide sometimes, well, do they really need a test x-ray? Do I need to send them off? Or yeah you know, keep them here? So we have basic radiological, like just your run-of-the-mill x-ray. We can do some basic labs. A lot of the labs that we have done actually gets sent off uh, to launch tool. So again, they have specific days that they mail it or, you know, they have someone that actually drives that their entire job is to drive the lab results back and forth. So like basic lab CMP, CDC, stuff like that. Um, sometimes chlamydia can take a while to come back. So that's fun trying to to juggle that one for like run of the mill clinic we have physical therapy that's actually an active duty soldier with civilians that are hired uh, so we have physical therapy we have like a pain management clinic that does like prp injection and and, uh, and steroid injections and stuff for myself i do like the basic outpatient procedures toenail removals i'm actually working on my credentials to get vasectomies and circumcisions yeah, I've taken a lot of toenails. I've placed a lot of IUDs. I've done a lot of PAPs, uh, you know, the run-of-the-mill primary care kind of stuff. So we're, we're stocked enough. What about um, medications? Is there a pharmacy on post or do they have to go off on the economy to get that? So the way the system is here is we have a, we have a pharmacy in our clinic that has American medications. So Benadryl, Tylenol, all that kind of stuff. If you go off post, you can't get that. You have to get the German medications, and sometimes the equivalents don't aren't, aren't always the same. I remember my son had an allergic reaction, and we went to a German doctor, and I was like, yeah, we need Benadryl, and they were like, that's, I don't understand what Benadryl is, and I was like, Benadryl, like Benadryl, I don't know what Benadryl is. No, 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 they have, it's a totally different thing. It's the same type of medicine, but completely different dosage, everything like that, so it was... Yeah, their, their medicines are different. So when I get patients that come discharged from the hospital and they have their discharge note all in German saying, oh, well, they need this medication, this medication. Um, I actually had one today who has H. pylori and trying to get the medications for my patient because they have different antibiotics and different dosages and what we need. So trying to work with my liaison, trying to get the appropriate medication. We just mostly treat it from what we're taught back in, in the States. So it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, that adds for sure a layer of complexity to try and not yeah. only figure out the language, but you're right, the medications are different, the doses are di different, and to figure mm -hmm. out what the equivalent is. So yeah, I can see how that would, <laughs> that would add a layer to your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. And I'm working on my German. It's nowhere near as good. I'm not required to learn German, so it's been hard to be motivated to to study. <laughs> yeah, especially as I said, medical German, like I remember having to really learn, yeah. you know, medical terminology in PA school and yeah. it's totally different. And then to trying to do that while you're trying to work. So kudos to you because yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty tough. So we talked about some of the difficult parts of your job. What do you think is one of the most rewarding things about living and working overseas in the military? 
I think the most rewarding thing I can think of is knowing that I make a difference in not just like the soldiers' lives, but their families. Unit readiness is a big driver with what we do, making sure units are ready to deploy and, and uh, support our country. And uh, knowing that I'm a part of and a big part of making sure that that happens and that soldiers that go overseas to deploy to war or do humanitarian missions or anything like that, they're healthy and ready to go. And especially with this unit, with our location, and even my last unit, you know, we're, we're ready to deploy at any minute. So something happens like Ukraine, we have to get ready and out the door in 18 hours. So being able to be a part of that and, and making sure that, hey, my unit is ready to go and we're all trained and the medics are trained and we can deal with trauma in case it happens. And, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of long hours, but it, it's rewarding, especially when you see your medic doing uh, a triage and trauma on a patient and you just stand there and watch and you don't need to do anything because you taught them so well and they can handle themselves. Stuff like that is, is definitely a, a big heartwarming thing to to be a part of. Yeah, I can just imagine, you know, living over there, you are, I guess, closer to a lot of things um, than we are here. For example, like you brought up the war in Ukraine. And so just, you know, Europe is small country or small countries compared to the United States. And so I would assume that there's a little bit more kind of international feel and that you become a little bit more affected by certain things that happen, um, political, um, whatever it is. So can you just talk a little bit about maybe just in general, not even as a PA, but just as an American living overseas, what it's like? I love living here in Germany. I, I think it's not only just the area, you know, most of the Germans are pretty warm and welcoming to Americans as long as you, you know, kind of keep to their customs, if that makes any sense. There's a stereotype here that, you know, Germans are pretty cold. I didn't really get that when I got here. Yeah, they stare. That's sometimes unnerving because, you know, Americans, we all like avoid eye contact. But here in Germany, pe people are, are pretty approachable. They're willing to help. They usually laugh at my German a lot because it's really bad. I'm trying. I really am. <laughs> um, but they're usually very helpful when I'm like saying the wrong word. They're like, no, no, this is how you say it. We've made friends with the bread lady at my grocery store because we're there all the time and she loves my son. So she always gives us pretzels and, and teaches us German. So it, yeah, it's been very welcoming living here in Germany and then just being able to travel to any country here in Europe. Well, except, you know, the war-torn ones, but I just bought tickets to go to London for like 20 euro, which is, wow. it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so we flew when I was in North Carolina, we flew to Barcelona and Munich. And I remember spending like thousand plus dollars on trying to get tickets, hotels, stuff like that, flying out there. Yeah, I, I can drive to Munich now on a, like a regular weekend and just be like, oh, cool, I'm here. I can drive to Italy. I can drive to Austria. I can go to all these places, you know. Awesome. It's just, I love it. Yeah, I would imagine just, you know, interacting with the locals and as you said, other different countries and experiencing these cultures and trying to, you know, um, respect the culture when you're in that part. Yeah. I think that could probably translate a little bit, you know, to being a PA, you know, you're going to have, especially in the military, it's very diverse, you know, people from different backgrounds, different countries, um, et cetera. So I'd imagine that some of that cultural sensitivity that you're learning um, could be very useful as a PA. Yes. Yes, definitely. I, yeah, I think so. Even when you're dealing with patients from different cultures and uh, obviously all the patients I deal with speak English, uh, but, you know in case something happens off post or it's a good cultural experience and very eye-opening for uh especially for someone like me so 
Yeah, I think that, that sounds amazing. It sounds like you're uh, just really trying to, you know, integrate and kind of learn about other cultures. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the PA career is that we do meet so many different people. And even if they speak English, you know, they've got a different background or they were born in a different country or, you know, different customs. And so um, I think that that's really amazing to be able to kind of see it firsthand. And, and as you said, you know, drive somewhere where most of us can only dream about just 20 euros to London, you know, it just, it's so amazing. So about your clinic, I know that you're an, you said you're an active duty PA. Are there any civilian PAs in your clinic or are they all active duty? Clinic is a unique clinic in that it's essentially split within the same building. So most the clinic, the part that I'm on is all active duty soldiers, all active duty providers. So doctors, PAs, we have a few nurses and then all the medics. They're all active duty. The other side of our clinic where they see some of the units that don't have a provider or dependents, so family members, spouses, children, retirees, they'll see those two. They're mixed. So we have a few active duty doctors and then we have a few reservists that do their reserve drill as part of their clinic. So they'll come in civilian clothes for most of the week and then one week you'll just see them in uniform and here they are they're doing drill just i think is awesome it's a it's a mix unfortunately for the pas in my clinic it's all active duty we don't have a civilian pa as of yet i am working on trying to get that fixed it's uh it's hard to get pas hired over here I think it has to do with some of the licensing and government contract work. And I don't know all the logistics, so I won't speak on that part. But I just know right now it's mostly uh, physicians that are over on the other side of civilians. So do you have any advice to maybe any either pre-PA student, PA student, or already PA who is maybe interested or wanting to work overseas? Just any tips and advice, how to make it smoother, what things to think about, anything like that? Unfortunately, I can't really speak for the civilian side, but I know for those who are looking into the military, if you aren't already in the military, there is a program, it's called HPSB. Don't ask me what the acronym actually stands for. I can't remember it. I think it's the health service, uh, some health service program that they will pay for your PA school. So essentially you can go to civilian PA school if you're not already in it. Do your time as a civilian PA, and as you graduate, you get commissioned into the military as a first lieutenant, uh, at least into the Army, and they will pay your student loans. You just owe a couple of years of service. I think it's four years of service to pay back your time. I know a lot of my colleagues that have done it. Uh, I know when they first joined, they were a little nervous because the Army is definitely a culture shock, but you kind of get into it and, and we all help each other out. So I know that's a, that's a great program if someone is looking into it. For my pre-PA medics, IPAP is a great program. It's The IPAP program was built especially for them. If you look at our history, PA profession, we started with medics. It was Navy medics back in uh, Duke University. So the IPAP program is modeled to make medics into PAs. And it's a wonderful program. It's very rigorous. And I, I, I enjoyed my time there. I wouldn't do it again. Never. It was, <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> But yeah, if anyone's interested in that and they are not military, HPSB is a good way to look at into it. Because if you're going to do IPAP, that's that is the PA program that you know you have to have three years minimum service to apply. So you can join the army, serve your three years, and then apply and and, and pray. It's it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it is really competitive because there's a lot of applicants and they obviously only take so many each year. 
Okay, so our last question is something we ask everybody. And so who is Mel when the white coat comes off? Who am I when the white coat comes off? Well, I'll start up. I'm a wife and a mother of two. I'm currently training for a half marathon in Estonia. So that's fun. I, uh, let's see what else. That's my life is pretty much, you know, children in clinic. So, and training for said marathon. I'm trying to think what else. I like to hike and obviously I like to travel. Hence why I moved to Germany. So every weekend I have, I can, I, I've been out exploring. We've been to, I've been here almost a year and I've already been to eight different countries. Wow. Since we moved here. Yeah. So we've done, we've done a lot of, of traveling. Um, it's been really nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mel, for sharing your journey with us. Thank you for taking the time to help our listeners. And we really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. Before you head out, if you plan to take or retake the GRE, make sure you prepare for it so that it makes your application stand out and to make yourself more competitive as a candidate. We love Magoosh for preparing you to rock out the GRE so your scores will make you a stronger applicant. Get 10% off all GRE prep plans when you use the code PREPA CLINIC in all caps. So go to the link in our show notes and sign up for a Magoosh GRE prep course. And don't forget to use the code PREPA CLINIC in all caps for 10% off. Have a great day and we will catch you at the next episode.